Maseches Brachas Perek Test Mishnah Aleph until Perek Test Mishnah Dalad. The final Perek of Maseches Brachas discusses Birkais Hedaah, the Brachas which one makes on certain occasions or certain sites. And the purpose of these Brachas is to thank Hashem and to show that we realize who is the source of all that happens to us. And the first Mishnah discusses a certain type of Birkais Hedaah, and that is Birkais Ru'iyah. Brachas made on seeing something. One who sees a site in which miracles have occurred to the Bnei Israel, to the Jewish people in the past. For example, if somebody sees the place in the Yamsuf where the Jewish people crossed the sea after leaving Mitzrayim. In such a place, one would say, Blessed is Hashem who had performed miracles for our fathers in this place. And just like every bracha, one would say, And then he would go on to say, And the source for this bracha is actually Yisro. When Yisro came and joined the Jewish people, he said, Blessed is Hashem who saves you from Mitzrayim. And the bracha which we're talking about over here is made specifically on a miracle which occurred to the entire Jewish people or the vast majority of the Jewish people. Now, if there was a miracle which occurred to an individual, then that individual and his descendants should say a similar bracha, where you bless Hashem for performing miracles to me. Or the descendants would say to my father, to my grandfather. But the difference between these two brachas is that if it occurred to an individual, then only the individual and his descendants have to say the bracha. But if the miracle occurred to the entire Jewish people, then any Jew must make this bracha upon visiting that site. Secondly, if someone sees Mokim Shaneh Komemen Avodazara, a location in Eretz Yisrael where idolatry was uprooted from there, meaning there used to be a place of worship here, and it was removed, it's no longer there. In such a situation, Omer, he would say, Baruch, blessed is Hashem, the king of the whole world. The mission just quotes the word Baruch, but of course he would say, Baruch Hashem, and he would end off, that he uprooted idolatry from our land. That's if it was in Eretz Yisrael. If it was outside of Israel, the one would say a bracha praising Hashem for uprooting Avodah from this place. He just wouldn't call it our land. But if it's in Eretz Yisrael, he would say it blesses Hashem who uprooted Avodah from our land, referring to Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara explains that one should continue this bracha and daven to Hashem that idolatry should be removed from the entire world. Mishnah Beis, we're now going to discuss certain natural phenomena which upon seeing, one should make a bracha. And the first five which you're going to mention, these phenomena are supposed to give a person awe of Hashem. It shows Hashem's strength and power, and that is reflected in the bracha which is made. Al-Hazikin. Number one, on zikin, which are some sort of shooting stars, meteors, vala on earthquakes, vala on lightning, vala on thunder, vala and on very strong winds, such as hurricanes, or tempests if it's in the sea, oimer. One should say, Baruch, blessed, Atah Hashem, Elokim, Elokim, Again, the mission doesn't mention that because it's in every bracha. Shekhoicha Ugvrosa Moli Elokim, whose strength and might fills the world. Again, these things show Hashem's strength. It's supposed to inspire an awe of Hashem in a person. And we say that his strength fills the world because all five of these phenomena are seen and experienced by vast distances. Lightning is seen across a very long distance, for example. Now the next category of things are things which have lasted since creation. They're in the same state as they were as they, when they were created, and therefore it shows and is a testimony to Hashem's creation. For example, Al-Hehorim, for mountains, and we're talking about very large mountains, which impress a person about Hashem's creation, Al-Hagvois, on hills, and again, it must have an extra significant feature in order to warrant a bracha. Al-Hayamim, for seas, Al-Hanahores, and rivers, 
Again, we're talking about very significant rivers, very large ones, Valamid Boris. And deserts, if someone sees a large area of wilderness, no one living there. Again, this reminds someone of Hashem's creation. And therefore, Imawan would say, Boruch Isamasivarishis, blessed is the one who creates the different aspects of creation. Now, the truth is, the first five things of our Mishnah, it would also make sense to make Boruch Isamasivarishis on those. They also show the awesomeness of Hashem's creation. And indeed, the Gemara says you could make the bracha on there. The reason why we didn't mention that bracha is because the Mishnah is saying the first five things, you could even make the bracha of Baruch Shekoicha Ugvarosim Olam, because they show Hashem's strength. But you could also make the bracha of Baruch Isamasibarashis, since they also show Hashem's creation. It's a discussion whether you make both, both brachas or just one, but certainly either of them would be applicable. Whereas in the last five which we mentioned, you could only say the bracha of Baruch Isamasibarashis, because they don't necessarily show Hashem's power across the whole world, since they can't be seen from huge distances. Now, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says something which we're going to understand in a particular way. There are different ways to understand what Rabbi Yehuda is saying, and the reason behind what he is saying. But we are going to understand him to be consistent with his opinion back in Perik Vov. In the sixth Perik, we discussed the different brachas which one makes on food, and Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that brachas need to be specific. And we're going to see this opinion reflected now. One who sees the Great Sea, which we're going to understand to refer to the Mediterranean Sea. The Torah calls this sea the Great Sea, possibly because it's next to Eretz Yisrael, and therefore has extra significance. He doesn't say the usual bracha on the sea, which is Baruch Asimasabarishis. Rather, he says a more specific bracha, which is Baruch Gadol, blessed is the one who created the Great Sea. But, says the Mishnah, one only makes this bracha in a time, in a situation where he sees it occasionally which the Gemara explains to be once every 30 days. But if you've seen the Mediterranean Sea more recently than that, then you would not make another bracha upon seeing it. The truth is, this statement really goes back on all the brachas of our Perak, that one only makes the bracha if he hasn't seen the thing within the last 30 days. Only in such a situation does it really impress upon him the awesomeness of creation. The truth is, there's an exception when it comes to lightning and thunder. For each storm, you would make another bracha. And also, if you see a different mountain, you would make another bracha. It's only if you see the same mountain or the same sea, etc., then you would not make another bracha if you saw it within the last 30 days. Alright, on to the next category of brachas, alagashamim. On rain, and we're referring to rain after a long period of drought, if it then rains, then it's a big benefit. So somebody who owns a field which requires rain would say the bracha which we're about to mention, vanabsuris And also, if somebody hears very good news, for example, news that his wife just gave birth to a son, oime one would say, borucha tova Blessed is the one who is good and does good. On the other hand, for bad news, for example, if somebody hears that a relative or a very close friend died, Omer, he says, Blessed is the true judge, showing that he accepts that whatever Hashem does is correct, and with justice, even if it seems difficult and we can't understand it. Mishnah Gimel. Bonabai's Chadosh, if somebody builds a new house, or he buys a new house, or he buys new objects, new utensils, anything which brings him a lot of joy, he says the bracha where he praises Hashem, who keeps us alive. The bracha ends, that he keeps us alive and well, and allowed us to reach this occasion. Now the Gemara asks, what is the difference between this bracha and the bracha which we mentioned in the previous Mishnah of Baruch HaToyv We said in the previous Mishnah that for good news, and rain, and something which makes you happy, you say Baruch HaToyv and now we're giving other very similar examples which make you happy, but we've got a different bracha, Shekhyanu. When does one make a Baruch and when does one make a Shekhyanu? 
And the Gemara explains that Baruch HaTov HaMetev is only said when something makes you happy and it makes others happy as well. For example, rain. Rain benefits all the owners of the fields. And therefore, over there, you would say Baruch HaTov HaMetev. And it makes sense, actually, because Baruch HaTov HaMetev, you're expressing Hashem's goodness in two different ways. He is good and he does good. And that reflects the two different things you're praising Hashem for. Number one, the goodness which he is doing towards you. And number two, the fact that he is doing good for others as well. On the other hand... If the thing which is making you happy only benefits you, then you would say, thanking Hashem for keeping you alive and bringing you to this situation. Continues the Mishnah. One does make a bracha on something which is bad, which will end up being good. The example given by the Gemara for this is if someone's field is flooded. So the produce of that year will probably all be destroyed. And therefore one makes a bracha of Baruch Dain HaMS, blesses Hashem who is the true judge, which is the bracha made on bad news. And he makes this bracha even though next year his field will be better quality. And more produce will grow there as a result of the flood. Since at the moment it's bad, one makes a bracha on whatever just happened now. And the immediate ramifications, which in this case are bad, and therefore he makes the bracha of Baruch Dain HaEmes. Similarly, Valatova, he would make a bracha on something which is right now good, Me'ein hara, even if it will end up being bad. And this time he would make a Baruch HaTov HaMetiv, because the immediate effects are good. The example the Gemara gives of this is if somebody finds something very valuable. So of course that's good. However, it's possible that somebody else will hear that he found it, report it to the king, who will then force this person who found it to give it to him, and he might even punish him for not giving it to him straight away. However, since right now it's good, one makes the bracha of Baruch HaTov and the Rambam explains the reason is because right now there's a definite good, or in the other cases, a definite bad. What will happen in the future, we don't know. Even if it's likely that a good thing will happen or a bad thing will happen, it's possible that it won't. And therefore you only make the bracha on whatever is there right now. Says the Mishnah Hatzik Lishovar, one cries out for something of the past, meaning he davens to change something which has already occurred. This is a prayer in vain. However powerful davening is, it can't change something which has already occurred. Now, at first glance, this seems quite obvious. And therefore, why is the Mishnah telling it to us? And the answer is that it's more for the sake of the examples which the Mishnah is about to bring. Because you may have thought that in these examples, it is possible to change, and therefore it's not a prayer in vain. And therefore the Mishnah has to tell you that it is a prayer in vain, and therefore you should not daven for something which cannot be changed. Kate says, how so? Give me an example, says the Mishnah. If somebody's wife was pregnant to the Omar and the person davens, may it be the will of Hashem that my wife should give birth to a son, to a male child. This is a vain tefillah. The reason being that the gender of a child is decided as soon as it's conceived, or possibly later, possibly on day 40, and therefore even though technically it's possible for Hashem to change its gender before it's born, that would be a huge miracle. And therefore this is a prayer in vain, because the gender has already been determined. Another example says the Mishnah, If somebody was coming on the path, he was on the road, and he hears screaming, the voice of screaming coming from the city. And he says, May it be the will of Hashem that these screams should not be from my family, from my household. That's a prayer in vain, because the person's already screamed. You can't change who screamed. And the point of this example is to say that even though we could interpret your prayer to be a plea that it shouldn't be in the future, that no harm should come to the family, and they shouldn't come to scream. However, since he worded it in a way which implies that he's referring to the screams which were already made, it is a prayer in vain, and he should not daven in that manner. Mishadalad, this Mishnah follows on from the previous Mishnah, and the point of this Mishnah is to tell us that you should pray for things in the future. And when it comes to things which have already occurred, the only place which those have in davening is to thank Hashem for the occurrences which have happened. Hanichlos Lakrach, one who enters a large city, 
And in those days, cities were often run by corrupt people who were not necessarily so gracious towards people passing through their city. And therefore, it could be quite dangerous often to pass through large cities. And because of that, Mispalal Shutayim, one must have two prayers. Achas Pichmisasai, one upon entering the city, and one just before leaving the city, both times asking Hashem to protect you whilst entering or exiting the city. However, Ben Azayim and Ben Azay says, Arba, you've got to pray four prayers, because it's not just enough to request things from Hashem, but you've got to thank Him for it as well, and therefore, two prayers should be said upon entering the city, one just before you enter the city, you should daven that it should be safe. And once you've safely entered the city, then you should thank Hashem for protecting you. And similarly, two prayers should be said when when leaving the city, one just before you leave and one afterwards, so that you don't only request that Hashem protect you, but once he has done so, you should also thank him for doing so. And indeed, when Azai explains his reason, one is supposed to give thanks for things which have passed, and cry out for the future, pray that the future should bring good things and be safe, but not to forget at the same time to thank Hashem for what has happened in the past.